This is the Ignition Show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to our podcast. My name is Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and our aim is to bring you a regular dose of ideas, insights and inspiration you can actually use in the pursuit of your full potential and ignite the flame within you to live your best and full life. In addition to bringing you in-depth conversations with amazing guests, every other week, I'm going to sit down in front of the microphone and share with you some of the most important lessons and nuggets of wisdom I've encountered from training more than 10,000 people over the last decade, and also from the thousands of hours of intimate one-on-one conversations I've had with my coaching clients. So grab a pen or simply sit back and take in today's message. Let it sink in and ask yourself, how does this show up in my life? How can I apply the points that resonate with me to my life today? And what would happen if I did? All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's move over to the coach's corner. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that's deeply personal and is highly unexpected in experiences that I've had this year. It's, uh, this has certainly been as a, a year to remember. You know, some people may, may consider this to be a year to forget, and I like to consider it as a year to remember. And I wanted to talk to you about some experiences that I've been going through that have kind of been happening very much so behind the scenes. You know, when I started, when Sarah and I started uh, launching this podcast and doing some of the interviews, it was back in February. I had recorded, I was on the road traveling quite a bit the start of the year. And the first couple episodes I recorded from a hotel room somewhere, but then, then I had put it on hold for a while. And um, the reason is because my father, who had been ill for a while, but rapidly declined at the start of the year, finally passed away. He had cancer. We found out he had cancer in the summer of 2018. And he had been uh, tired and fatigued for a couple of years. Something in his body wasn't right. And he had some operations. Uh, Didn't seem to make a big difference, but... We could tell that there was something else going on there. And, and sadly and unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he started chemo treatments in the fall of last year of 2018. And was doing okay. Beaten up by the chemo, but doing okay. And then at the start of the year, January 2019, uh, just suddenly a, a sudden rapid decline. And he passed away on February 23rd. Um. And I had the opportunity, as did my my sister, my wife, and my mom, to be with him in his last days and in his last hours and in, in literally his last moments. So that's what started off at the beginning of this year. And that uh, obviously took a lot of time and attention and desire to be there. And and um, so that delayed this, the launching of this podcast for a few months. And then, um, and then, as uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that um, Sarah and I we had a, a little baby boy in June of this year. So that was a whole new uh, experience and a whole new twist and a whole new set of demands on our time, and certainly counterbalanced in some ways. Uh, counterbalanced, not necessarily, re- not certainly not replaced, but counterbalanced the emotions of the loss of dad by bringing in a new life. And dad would have been the, the best grandpa ever. We know that. Um, and so we've been busy with our little son, Brock, for many months. And uh, my mom was a first-time grandma with with uh, our baby being born. And she was super excited. And everything was great until the start of August, just a couple months ago, when my mom started not feeling so well. 
and was having trouble keeping food down and went into the hospital. Her doctor was on holiday, so she went into emergency to get checked out on August 12th. And essentially, she never left the hospital. Uh, after a series of tests, they found it was also cancer, cancer in her colon. But it wasn't the primary source. And if any of you are familiar or gone through the experience of cancer, sometimes it shows up where, where it orig originated. And sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it's moved from some part of the body to another or some organ to another organ. And they have to figure out what the primary source is so they know the best way to treat it. Because every type of cancer requires a different kind of treatment. So unfortunately, it took a long time to figure out what was happening with mom and what was the original source. And the, in the end, they're not able to determine or we're not able to determine what the original source was, which is not uncommon. It was officially diagnosed as source of unknown primary origin. That was on, uh, so she went into the hospital on October 12th. And that was probably September 10th. She, September 9th, 10th, somewhere in there, they were able to determine that they can't determine what the cancer is. And so they opted to do some surgery. So on September 12th, she had some surgery and they opened up her abdomen and they found a lot more cancer growing inside. And, um, and so they had an did an operation so at least she could get back onto solid foods. So she could get strong enough by eating foods to take on chemo herself. But in the subsequent weeks, her appetite did not improve. She was nauseous and and on October 2nd, uh, through another CAT scan, we, did, we learned and we was determined that the cancer was spreading and had gotten into her liver. And I think it was that with that news that mom decided that she's had enough. And I think she let go. And on October 4th, two days later, she passed. And uh, I wanted to record this episode, or the plan was to record this episode, I should say, uh, the following week, but uh, just did not have the capacity, the time, or the attention to to give it. So a couple of weeks have passed now. It's the third week of October. I'm, I'm recording this just after two, week, two weeks after mom passed. So as I said at the start of this, it's a year some people would say they'd like to forget, but um, I certainly want to remember. And... It's been a fascinating experience to observe my own experience of going through the loss of both parents very, very unexpectedly. Mom was in great health, having great energy. She was playing with her grandson at the end of July. And three months later, she's gone. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody expected it. She had a lot of life to live, a lot of life to give, a lot of life to live for in the, in the coming weeks and years. Oh, sorry, week, uh, months and years for sure. And we also, just like dad, had the opportunity, and I would say the privilege, to be with mom along with her brothers and other close family members and sisters-in-law, with my sister and her husband, my wife, our baby, all of us to be with there with mom in her final hours and, and moments. And it's something I never had experienced before. And I know many of you who are listening to this will have had that experience and some will have mixed experiences. But for me, it was, it was again, it was fascinating to observe the experience as it was almost unfolding. To be literally sitting two feet away from my mom as she was taking her final breaths. To be there with my dad in his final moments when he was taking his final breaths. It was... Um, an experience I wouldn't have known what to expect. 
I certainly wouldn't have known what to expect physically, what the what the how the symptoms play out. But I certainly wouldn't be able to be able to anticipate what happens mentally and emotionally either. And as I reflect on those two experiences, I also reflect on maybe a bizarre way of looking at it, but or an uncommon way of looking at it. But I look at what, you know, the question is, what's your relationship with death? And I can honestly say that my relationship with death has fundamentally changed in the last probably 10, 15 years as, I, as I've done a lot of self-discovery, self-exploration, and just learning about life, uh, life and life beyond. That I used to perceive death, the process of death, to be a very painful, very scary, very gut-wrenching experience. And I absolutely understand that for many people, it definitely has been. Uh, for many families, it definitely is. And I'm grateful that in my experiences, it wasn't. In fact, it was almost the opposite. That as I wrote to a friend of mine after my father's passing about that experience, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't know what, how to describe it at the time, but what naturally just came to me was that it was, it was um, an experience of innocence. There's a beauty in innocence in being with someone, especially a loved one, when they pass. And especially, of course, if they pass relatively pain painfully, or sorry, pain-free, and peacefully. My dad was in a lot of discomfort, but he wasn't in pain. He was uncomfortable, but he wasn't in pain. Mom, mom appeared not to be in pain at all. But I used to see this as a very painful and scary experience. And what I've learned from this is that it doesn't have to be. You know, it's another example of, if you heard me say before, that nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. And the meaning I gave certainly my dad's passing was, was this was a, a time of innocence. You have a human being who's lived a very good life, a life of contribution, a life of family, a life of taking care of himself and others, creating a good home, having a long and meaningful career. And it was just his time. And we, you know, we all have different beliefs of what, who's in charge or what happens, whether it's God, source, the universe, uh, whatever it may be, just, just it's part of, part of our human experience. And being there to witness both mom and dad just really drove home the point to me that we're all innocent people doing our best. Sometimes we do that very dysfunctionally. Sometimes we struggle to know what is a better way to do things. But we're all innocent. And when it comes time to pass, it really does strip away. Strips away all the pettiness, all the, um, all the inconsequential things that we experience in life or that we struggle with. And again, I'm not projecting or not telling you how it should be. This is certainly my experience. And just sharing this to hopefully maybe help someone who's been through their experience or maybe help someone who's, who's anticipating being through an experience with themselves or their loved one. Now, one of the lessons that I certainly took away is that, that it really does strip away. And you, you, I really did appreciate what was fascinating for me was literally within moments of my dad's passing and being having the opportunity to just sit with him after his passing, to sit there in the room for a while with him not really knowing what to expect from me or from anyone else, but noticing that one of the things that occurred to me within moments of him passing was 
<laughs> I kind of laugh because it was laughing is part of my coping, but how quickly I immediately appreciated and admired so many of the quirks, the idiosyncrasies, the parts of his personality that many times in my life, and dad and I had a great relationship, as did my mom. We had a great relationship for years. Um, really respected my dad. I really loved him a lot. And But there are lots of things, as you do, we all have our parents and our loved ones who do things that kind of get under your skin, that annoy you, that tick you off at times, that that get, turn you away, that make you want to stomp in anger at them. But how quickly it turned to me just appreciating that that's what made dad dad. You know, he's a super organized guy, which we really appreciate as we're cleaning up his home now. Everything was neatly labeled and organized and filed and you knew things where were. But as a kid, that would annoy me because he'd always say, let's put it in the files. Let's label that. Let's, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, if you're going to hide that away somewhere, you got to know what it's for. You got to date it. And, and it was like over the top. You know, at the time, you might see it was anal retentive. But wow, how quickly I appreciated that. And I don't know, what would have been differently if I appreciated that from the beginning? And probably is probably something not necessarily to expect or to, to, uh, you know, to put, on, put on myself. But how much I appreciate that now. And how much I look at that as something that I really admire and love about dad. That that's what made him him. That's what made him special. And as I've learned, he was very involved in the church and he was very, very involved in taking care of the church building. That people loved his organization. They valued his attention to detail. Not everyone has those skills. Not everyone has that appreciation for making those things important. But it makes everyone else's life easier and important who has to follow behind him. And I appreciate that about dad. When my mom passed, what I noticed in that experience was sitting there in the hospital room with her and her family was, again, just the admiration for a life well-lived. You know, at that point, there was no long, no fighting the situation. Mom had accepted her fate, which made it easier for us as her family to accept her acceptance of her fate, that it was time to go. And sitting there quietly in the hotel room, just hearing the beeps of the machines, monitoring her, just watching her breathe. She was still alert, uh, or she was still cognizant of what was going on. She could reply with some nods or some shaking of her head, but her eyes were closed. But she knew we were there. And for her, I also, if I reflect on what was going on in the moment, was just an acceptance and an admiration of what a beautiful soul my mom was. She led a life of grace of dedication, of, of commitment to her first and foremost, her family and her husband of 53 wonderful years, to her home and to her gardens, to her friends and to the causes that she contributed to. She was a, nurse, a professional nurse, part-time for most of her life, but spending a lot of her time working with the palliative care and geriatric care. And she really admired people at the end of their life, as I subsequently learned in some of her old notes. She really admired people at the end of their life for their strength and their courage. And I suppose in the moment I wasn't putting those words on her, but I can look back in that moment and I absolutely, absolutely can see it. As my mom made the choice to take this time to pass, she absolutely demonstrated strength and courage. 
You know, we would describe her as being stoic when she got the news that her cancer had spread. We describe her as being um, eternally stoic for how she handled herself. But she definitely handled herself with grace. Never a complaint. No regrets. No anger. No guilt. No frustration. Probably some underneath the layer, some sadness. Certainly sadness that she won't be able to see her grandson grow and Sarah and I are also sad at that fact that she won't, uh, that our son won't get a chance to meet his grandparents, but we'll have lots of great stories to tell and lots of great photos to share with him. But the admiration that I had for my mom, again, she just lived a life of contribution, of love, of caring, and of grace. And to sit there in that moment and to draw on those things, nothing has meaning except the meaning you have it. And, and the meaning that I probably not consciously chose and certainly didn't actively choose in those moments was to just be there and appreciate my mom. Even though her body was failing her and she was fading. You know, in the last 48 hours, we, when we saw her, she was alert, holding our little son and playing with him. 24 hours after that, she was much more... Um, sedate in her movements and 24 hours after that her eyes were closed and she was she was breathing heavily and slower and through all that process that she was going through her main concern was that we weren't bothering the nurses too much just like mom always caring for other people first and that we were okay and that we were doing okay in our businesses and we had enough to eat all with mom always looking out for others such admiration for that woman, for the life that she live, lived and the life that she led. And you combine that with the memory of dad, you know, just seven and a month, bit months of losing both parents. And one of the things that I also reflect on, maybe a lesson I take away from and the, the grace that I can find in this time of immense loss for our family. As I'm recording this right now, I'm actually looking at their wedding photo that happens to be on the desk that I'm sitting at here in my dad's office, just cleaning out their estate. And I see two young, a young couple smiling at each other on their wedding day, 1966. Two people embarking on a life together and wow, what a life they led. True, true partnership of love, of family and of contribution. I'm so lucky and so grateful. And I think, so the, the, the third lesson that I take away from that whole experience is, is the simplification. The word, the word that comes to me is simplification. It's just, you know, they lived a pretty dedicated life. Maybe there are people of that generation, but the simple life that they lived, they lived in the same house for 53 years. They um, belonged to the same community organizations, the same church for that many years. And they lived a full life, a very full life, from the inside out. But it also reminds me that maybe there's an opportunity to simplify life. And for those of our generation, my wife and I, and those of the younger generation who tend to live, live, live busier and busier lives, always trying to jam our calendars with multiple events, always with our devices, recording things, uh, watching things, uh, interacting with things. The stress levels are high. The anxiety levels are high. 
What if we just strip things back? Strip things back to things that truly matter. What if you strip back 10% of the things that are taking your energy and your time and impacting you internally and just put them down and just decide there are more important things? I suppose that's a natural occurrence. At the time of death and of passing, it's often part of the story and part of the reflection of what truly matters. And yeah, it's true. It does give you pause and give you cause to really reflect on what matters to you. And I certainly am in no position to tell you what should matter to you. But I'm encouraging you to reflect on what truly matters and not wait for the time of loss to reflect on what you want your life to stand for, what you want your life to be about and how you want to contribute. And maybe, just maybe, this message today is an opportunity for you to step back and reset on what you could do 10% more of in your contribution or your connection to others to create a really meaningful and deep, deeply meaningful life. And what was 10% that you could strip back that's no longer necessary? That's, that's a dist- really is a distraction to the life that you want to lead, the person that you want to be, and the contribution that you want to make. And if you just made those dis- two decisions, 10% more of connection and 10% less of distraction, wow, what a life you could lead that you might leave other people to think of, uh, of yourself as someone that they admire and that they appreciate for the conscious living and the conscious loving that you've lived your life with. So whatever you're going through or you might go through in the future, hopefully there's something you can take away from this message. And hopefully there's something from my experience that I can bring more into our future conversations through the Ignition Show. But even in the time of deepest loss, it's a reminder to me that we can always find grace and that nothing does have meaning except the meaning we give things. And we always have the choice as the meaning we give things. So maybe find some grace today. Don't wait for time of loss, but maybe find some grace today as to how you show up and how you interact with people you know and people you don't know and how you treat yourself. And maybe some lessons from my mom and dad can have a ripple effect into your life today. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We always want you to get the most of the time you've invested here. So this show is only valuable if you apply what you learned. And most learning, as I mentioned, is generated from reflection. So we'd love to hear from you and your reflections on what you learned or found interesting. Please join our community and go to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. And let us know what struck you. And what was it that you heard today that you really needed to hear today? You can leave us an audio message or join our Facebook group and participate in the conversation there, where we'd love to hear your comments and follow-up questions. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, rate the show, or leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember... Whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.